0: everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. As always, I am your host, Austin Miller, joined by Tom Robinson. Today, we will be breaking down Naitan Nandez, an exciting Uruguayan youngster, 22 years old, plying his trade at Boca Juniors, this his first year there, and looking likely to have a spot at the World Cup for Uruguay. Tom, I know this was a player that you had been wanting to profile for quite some time here on the Spotlight Pods.
1: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, probably in the same way that you, you are that you were calling for that there, Araschieta pod for a while. I think I've been, uh, this is my like Uruguayan of choice. So yeah, it's good to do another one of this new generation of like good technical Uruguayan midfielders changing the face of uh, Tavares' squad just before the World Cup. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, bigging up a player who I think a lot of people might have heard of, but probably won't know too much about. And certainly by,
0: by the end of the summer could be a much bigger name across the globe. Yeah, and Tom, let's get straight into it. Before we get to Nandez as a player, let's talk about the Russia question, the World Cup. Obviously, closer and closer day by day. It looks like Nandez has nailed down a spot, not just in the Uruguay squad, but maybe in the starting lineup. He started both of the China Cup matches, which is a fancy way of saying he started both of the friendlies in the last window for Uruguay. <laughs> uh, down the stretch of World Cup qualifying, he certainly played a role. Uh, Nandez looks to be a guy that Tabarez will trust in the midfield? Well, I think, yeah, that's a key point,
1: really, the, the idea of trusting him, because he's got that attitude and leadership um, and that personality. He's, he's one of these... I, I like to see him as kind of a bridge between the old generation of the sort of Lionheart Warriors like Diego Perez and Arevalo Rios, but he's actually got... He can play a bit as well, so he's, he's kind of that mix of the two, and I think Tabarez... The reasons why I think he'll definitely go are that attitude and personality and also his versatility. He's um, He might not be someone who necessarily starts in the midfield, um, but I think we could probably assume that, that that he will start, either if he's kind of playing on the right wing as a sort of a, a narrow right, right winger, sort of a la Carlos Sanchez in the past, or we could see him as a number eight, kind of used to bomb up and down, because, um, yeah, we, we, we could potentially see that, that uh, Uruguay playing maybe a I don't know a four one three or a four three one even if in a diamond you you could see him playing either on the right or as the most defensive of the midfielders I, th- I think we're probably more likely to see someone like Bentengor, uh play that role but you could definitely see him as um, kind of one of the supporting cast um, who's who's keeping it tight but also can can get forward and chip in with goals and it's just full of energy and 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 commitment so yeah i I think whereas um our last pod deris quieta might be someone who's more in and out i I
0: think nandez could be someone who who plays a bit more and and he's shown that over the last few matches for Uruguay in getting those roles in these key world cup uh, preparation matches tom what have you made his time at boca the is it fair to say champions elect in argentina can we say that or have they taken that step down now that they're level on points
1: yeah, there might be level on points, but they've they've got two games in hand and they're kind of spluttering towards the title. I, I still think they'll get it. Uh, and certainly, Nandez has played a big role. Uh, he, he's one of these players that he comes in your side and immediately becomes a fan favourite because he is sort of all action, loads of sort of tackles and, and getting up and down the pitch. And yeah, sometimes it can spill over into aggression, but... That kind of perfectly fits the type of midfielder that Boca Juniors like. They're, they're much more of a, a side that values winning and putting your all in and you know showing Weirbos, uh, <laughs> to for the fans than than some who, than a team that cares about pretty football per se. So I think that's why he fits him perfectly to both Boca and Uruguay. So he was a really um, smart addition. I think they, I think they only paid around four million dollars or so, or maybe even less than that so they'll definitely make a big uh big profit on that and he scored in a super classico against river so there you go that that's that's gonna make you a, a fan's favorite and he, he, yeah he's been a key part of that midfield three with um wilmar barrios and also pablo Perez. so yeah he, he he's been very impressive and i mean yeah he's just he's just carried on just as you'd expect him to, and he's taken that form into into his international football as well. H- have you seen much of him since he's moved to Boca, Austin?
0: Uh, I saw him return from his long Libertadores suspension for Boca against Palmeiras in, in that match that Palmeiras won 2-0 at La Bombonera. Uh, watched him a little bit in that match against Junior. My memory of Nandez, rightly or wrongly, will be the incidents when he was back at Peñarol last year in the Libertadores Uh, in that big brawl between Peñadol and Palmatis at the end of the match in Montevideo, after Palmatis came back from being down 2-0 to win 3-2, I will remind you. Uh, Nandez and Felipe Melo got into it, and Nandez ended up getting a long suspension for that. But I think that, Tom, kind of fits in with that fiery personality that you were talking about. He's not afraid at any point. I don't think he's ever played a match afraid in his career, and that is what has helped him be so effective at Boca, what helped him do so well at Penedol, and what has kind of helped him in that Uruguay squad you know when Tabades puts his name in the starting 11 he doesn't have to worry about about Nantes, Nantes playing with any sort of fear exactly i mean he's he's someone who's who's regularly been a captain of
1: of younger sides i think he was captain of Penarol at 21 which is uh, i'm not sure if it was ever the youngest but it was certainly one of one of the youngest uh, captains that they've had I first saw him at that under 20 Sudamericano in in 2015 where he was captain of a, of a really good Uruguay side and, and him and Maru Arambari were this, this lovely little double pivot at the base of midfield. I think they both had shaved heads. You couldn't really tell which one was which because one would sit, one would bomb forward and they'd just like crash into tackles and yeah, they just like looked pretty crazy and scary so he's someone who's who he's gonna give his all for the country and, and that's what Uruguay is so good at doing is is getting their young players um, in sync with the the, the, the history of, of the nation and, and its football and creating that bond with the national team so that even if they do go on to Europe that they come back and and they know how much it means so yeah I, th- I think we'll 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 certainly see that fiery side to him but at the same time i think it's a, a little bit reductive to just kind of pigeonhole him as this yeah sort of old school warrior basically because he has got a lot of dynamism he showed he can chip in with goals uh he's very good at those kind of late runs into the box to to pounce on little layoffs and and rebounds um He's got a good shot from range. Technically very good. He can pass well. That time um, as a winger has also meant that he's quite a good crosser of the ball. Um, so, yeah, he, he gets up and down the pitch. And, yeah, he's he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. And, and he also, I think he looks a bit like Juan Mata as well. So uh, we'll have to see if our uh, our listeners uh, believe, uh, well, agree with me there. Can't hurt, right? Yeah, not a bad looking guy.
0: As you <laughs> said, Tom, maybe a bit reductive to say as, you know, kind of that destroyer. in the incident between Pinedo and Palmeiras aside, I don't necessarily think, and, and you can let me know what you think on this as well, that Nandez is, is kind of like a Ricardo Centurion type player. That it's some sort of worry is the behavior. Yeah, he's fiery. He'll dive into challenges. Okay, yeah, every now and then he may get himself sent off. But it's not a constant. Every time he steps onto the pitch, you're not quite sure what's going to happen.
1: Nah, uh, he's, he's a leader at the end of the day, not not a maverick who might let you down. He He's someone who will give his all. And even even if it is doesn't go his way it's it's not because he's a liability it's he's someone who in theory is super reliable and and very trustworthy so yeah like i said his personality and his versatility are the are the reasons why i'm 100% sure that he'll he'll go to the world cup and and from there i think uh some big clubs might uh might be quite impressed with him
0: yeah and what do you think will be Kind of the next move for Namez. It's still only his first year at Boca. So, do you think he's the type of player who will be one and done there, impress at the World Cup, and then get a bigger move, or do you think he'll stick around for another year or two before moving on?
1: Well, he's I think he's 22 now, right? He's he's been around for a while, um, and because he's had those sort of captaincy roles for the under-20s and for and for Peñarol, and he, now he's at an even more visible club at Boca. I've, I think that certainly meant that there'll be plenty of clubs who are well aware of his abilities. I don't think he necessarily needs to move just yet, but because of the nature of the World Cup and what it can do for players' profiles, he might end up moving just that little bit sooner. And I, I think Boca have realised that because... I believe they've um, recently added a 25 million dollar release clause. Uh, I, I think you could probably get buy him for less than that, but I think that's that's clever from them in terms of they're aware that clubs panic a bit or they, yeah, they they go with who's popular and after a good World Cup performance. So ideally, I think he'd probably have preferred preferred to stay another a year, especially if Boca don't end up doing that well in the Libertadores which right now is a is a definite possibility um but at the same time he's 22 he's got a lot of experience under his belt and i think he could make the move uh this summer um he's got an italian passport as well which which will help and make things easy so yeah i, I it's not too early uh but and i think if it wasn't for the world cup he he would probably stay another year but given it's the World Cup, and, and if he does well, I I think he'll probably
0: end up leaving at some point this summer. And also worth pointing out, as you said, that initial investment from Boca wasn't very big, and so if they do get somebody that meets that release clause, they'd probably be happy to just take the big profit and then reinvest that somewhere else. The World Cup does complicate that, but I mean, if you're going to sell him for, for $25 million after paying around 3 or 4 million, you're probably going to do that every time.
1: Exactly, and he, he's not as much as he's been very good for Boca, I wouldn't say he's absolutely fundamental to their style of play. I think I think they would be able to replace him, maybe a little bit more easy than Wilmar Barrios, who's who's so important in that in that sitting deep midfielder role, um, or maybe someone like Pavón or even Benedetto. So I think there's someone who, given like 15, 20 million, would probably say, yeah, you know what, we'll. We'll, we'll happily take that for you, and and I've I've seen a few clubs linked with him, most of most of which has been Italian, and I you know he, he's kind of a maybe a, a De Rossi kind of figure, so I could see him going into to a decent Italian club. I've seen Fiorentina, even Juventus linked recently. Um, I think Valencia was a club in Spain that was that was also linked with him. So th- that's the kind of calibre of club we're we're looking at, um, and. For our, for our English listeners as well, I, th- I think he's someone who could very easily fit into the Premier League
0: as well. Uh, any, anywhere you'd like to see him in particular, Austin? Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring up the Premier League because a lot of times when we talk about these uh, young South American players, we, we do so in the context that the Premier League probably isn't a good fit. We've seen some who have proven that wrong, who Charlison is one that certainly sticks out to me. But Nandez does kind of feel like the type of player that has that that physicality necessary and that experience necessary that the Premier League would doesn't seem to be that big of a step off for them.
1: Yeah, I think um, he's he's shown all the right mental attributes and he's got enough skills and versatility that he he could definitely slot in at a decent club. I mean, maybe someone like Arsenal who need a bit of uh, metal in their midfield could be a good fit. You know. Um, I think he could be a decent squad player for any any top six uh, squad, but then you could even see him maybe, you know, such as the money that's swilling around in the Premier League. You could even see him go to maybe a surprisingly lower team, you know, if if I can call them that. But you know, if he popped up at, who knows, again, like like Watford, like Richarlison, or if he popped up at Crystal Palace or a team like that, um, he could make a name for himself and then and then go on to bigger and better things. So. I don't. I don't think he'll be short of suitors, and maybe the World Cup will be that defining factor as to whether he goes for to a really big club or if he, uh, you know, it, someone sees enough to take him to maybe Sampdoria or somewhere like that. So, who knows? It's it's going to be interesting, and he, he's certainly a player that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes in his career because it's it's been very exciting. And like I said earlier on, he's, he's someone who quickly finds his way into the hearts of the uh, the fans.
0: And he's one that has certainly us excited to see what he can do at the World Cup. And with kind of that new generation that Odawai has in the midfield and, and kind of on the wings, it's one that feels like it should be a pretty good fit. And he's kind of the perfect player to kind of headline that generation of, of Odawaians, no?
1: Yeah, he's probably not as maybe one of the the name-catching or the eye-catching players like Lucas Torreira or some of the guys who are really skillful like Valverde or or Bentancourt but I think him and Matias Vecino in that midfield are going to be the maybe more the unsung heroes who 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 know what it's all about who who are going to graft but also are, are capable of mixing it with the very best as well like we said with Darius uh, it's going to be really interesting to see him alongside even better players and and I really think that his his links to the under twenties and and as being a captain for the side means that he's going to be a really important guy for setting the tone and 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 you know if if they want to play a pressing style he's ideal for that as well. So yeah, he's he's part of this new generation and he might not be one of the poster boys of it, but I think he's that typically modern Uruguayan player. If, if that's probably the best way I can put it. So it's it's going to be interesting and. Not only is it going to be interesting with his career, it's going to be interesting to see the direction that Uruguay is, as a as a nation takes with their football now.
0: If it matters at all to you, Tom, Luis Suarez just scored in El Clasico for Uruguay, so take that as a good sign or a bad sign. Obviously, the Uruguayan scoring for Barcelona, <laughs> so I don't know. Right as you're talking about Uruguay in the future, Suarez puts one home. I think that's a good omen. If I was Uruguayan, I'd feel pretty good. Exactly. I don't want to you know, take credit for it, but I'm sure it's helped. Sure, right. Yeah, it couldn't have hurt. Uh, That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. A big thank you to Tom, as always, for joining me. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us, as well as to see all the other Scouting Spotlight podcasts we've done. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.